Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. We got Quain Stott still on there, and we're talking about old school drag racing. We're talking about gassers. We're talking about real gassers, guys. Yes, sir. We're racing in the mid-60s right here with Quain Stott, Pro Mod World Champion. I just feel cool saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I like hearing you say it. I'm a has been though. That's been eleven years ago. I will. I will. I'll be honest with you. You, you know, got you got more pro mod world championships than I got. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. That's the title. I think you can still hang on to after eleven. I years. mean, I'm cool. going to tell you something. I'm more proud of than that, and you ain't going to believe this. And it was in 2001. I won Carcraft Magazine Driver of the Year. You know what? I think I could hold that one pretty high. That was too. a pretty good one, too. <laughs> the that reason a good I one. hold it high is I didn't win it. It was voted on by the fans and the readers of the magazine. It was, a, You know, they used to do that. They don't even do it anymore. But that, that to me, that little trophy, and a really nice ring, all kind of stuff came with it. You know, I went Linda Vaughn. Uh, Miss Hurst. Yeah, Miss Hurst. She, I've got a picture of me and her that – and it was in 2001, so that's been uh, 16 years ago. But that trophy still means more to me, or award, the award trophy, than anything because it. Well, I didn't win it. I didn't work to get it. I got it because, I guess, what would you say, popularity at yeah. that time. People cared. It's yeah. your fans. They, 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 they thought enough was, of it, you. And it's the same thing as built to Southeast Gassers today. My guys keep saying, why do you spend so much time with the people on the Internet? Like if somebody posts something on Facebook, I don't just hit the like button. I say thanks for your support or, you know, glad you enjoyed it. And I said that's the same way I built my pro mod fan base back in the, in the, in, the, in before internet was around. I had to do it personally, one one fan at a time. Well, that personal interaction goes a long way. It people. does. It more than you could imagine. And uh, but anyhow, we, I'm getting off track here. But that that's but, just something I was really proud of in my championship. Yes, I am proud of it. But, and, uh, and that, but that's the thing, Wayne. Now, like, like we were talking about when we were on the commercial break, you know, you were talking about. I mean, it's for the fans and it's for the kids and all that stuff. But and this is something, and and, and Odd Rod can relate because we and him both do it. You know, we do we're car show guys, mm-hmm. and we do a lot of car shows. And I know I know Odd Rod can vouch for this, and I've seen him do it too. We go to a show, we walk out every time and shake yep. hands, and you I don't get it. to shake every hand. But you know what? I put my hands on probably more than half. I go up in the stands and do the and, same and, thing, buddy. And, and you know what? I want if they got a problem, I'm going to hear it. But I, you know exactly what? Right. But you know, but 99 percent of the time, just that connection. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just yep. make sure they had a good time and invite I, them back the next time. I got beat early at Clay City, Kentucky. And I went up in the stands with the remote mic during some down. We had an oil down or something. I took the remote mic and I went up in the stands and I just started talking to people. Then the first guy I come to. I said, uh, sir, what's your name? Where are you from? He told me he's like 70-something years old. I said, how long has it been since you've been to a drag, drag race? He said, uh, I think he said 40 years or something like wow. that. I said, 40 years? I said, why did you quit coming? 
to the drag strip back then. He said, because they quit drag racing. <laughs> and I said, you're serious? He said, yeah. And I said, well, what brought you back today? He said, you guys were drag racing. And it's the truth. I mean, you think about it, you know, like we were talking uh, yeah. about. This is driving a car. I mean, this is, you know, this isn't a car no string. electronics. You know? Exactly. The only, the only laptop you're using for this kind of racing is social media. Yeah. Do you, you remember the last three years I ran ProMod, I had rider above my name instead of driver. Drag yeah. Illustrated did a full-page article on that. They said it was my boycott or my complaint to the modern electronics. You know, when I quit driving a ProMod, we even had a device in the car that had some kind of infrared at the finish line that pulled the parachutes for us in case we didn't. <laughs> it shut the engine off in case we didn't. I said, "How long is it going to be for us going to mash your brakes for you and mash your throttle?" And you know, and 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 I just don't you just, just sit in the holler and just hang yeah, out? Yeah, <laughs> get up here in the bleachers and give us a joystick. <laughs> <laughs> but don't get me started on that because I still have a lot of friends at Race Pro Mod, and I still respect that. Oh, I'll be—I'll respect it, but it's totally changed. It's totally changed. Well, it's I mean, totally different. you know, you get in a car like that, and really, you're just hitting the throttle and hanging on. That's it. That's all. You know, that's why I put rider in. I mean, yeah, when the car gets in trouble, it takes a little experience. This is what I. This is what I. I had a guy ask me one day my grief about all this uh, modern electronics. I said, "Here's the deal: I can go up in the bleachers, and I can take any person with a little bit of common sense and a little bit of nerve." and give me 20 passes, I will have him running the exact same numbers in this pro mod that I, I run. And I said, which means my 40 years' experience means absolutely nothing. Now put him in a gasser and try he that. He can't do it. I guarantee you it'd take, him, it'd take him five years to run the same numbers I run in this wheel, if he could ever do it. Some people can't. you believe this or not? we got people that absolutely cannot drive these cars. I called Mike Baker at IHRA, and I said, Mike, how long has it been since you've had to turn drivers away? He said, Lord, we ain't turned a driver away in forever. You know, if they can't do it, we just come up with a device that'll help them do it. <laughs> and this is, the, you know, so I, and I said, well, we've, I, right now, I won't call their name, but I have, a, I have five people in six years that has went and spent the money to build gassers and had to quit because they couldn't do it. Well, let me tell you, I drive down 85 every day, and I believe... After seeing people drive out there, there's people that couldn't handle it. I promise you. you they can't handle a normal car. You can understand that. That's true. I, yeah, you're right. There ain't no but, doubt about but that. But I'm going to tell you something. Back to the four-speed thing. Keep on these manual transmission cars. And I'm a, I'm a four-speed man. I own two cars with a four-speed in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I got my 65 oh, yeah. Malibu and I got my 56 Chevrolet. And I can work four-speed just about like just about like my right arm my left leg went to hers, too. I yeah. mean, I can oh, work yeah. But because you've been used to doing it. But my old man, though, now I will say this: he may, he may, he may be a little slow on some things, but he can still make that four speed walk every I time. I guarantee you. And no, that's the can. thing; that's just experience. It's like riding he, a bike. He did it back when you had to do it, when there was no other way, you know. And that's that's the big thing that, that uh, you know. And and there again, the class is working because I forced the dra- the drivers to have a four speed. Everybody's like, why you got a rule that makes them have a four-speed? I said, well, what dummy would run a four-speed today if he didn't have to? Exactly. Why, uh-huh. if, I, if I took away the four-speed rule, within two years, every car in my group would have an automatic in it. How about if your dad never took your training wheels off your bike? Would you still be riding I'd around? I'd still be riding around. That's right, probably. Well, you know, it, it's sad, Quain, and I'm young. I'm only 27 years old. 
But and I look around and half or more than half of the kids my age can't even drive a straight drive down the road. You are exactly right. They was a thing. Somebody put a post on Facebook the other day. It showed a gear shift and a clutch pedal, and said, "I won't have forgotten now what it said." But it said, "How many? You know, ninety percent of the people out there can't even drive it. Well, Don't I even see, know what that other pedal." I seen for. a picture like that one time, and it just showed a stick shift in a car and it had a padlock around. It said, "The ultimate theft deterrent." It, that was it. That was it. That's exactly. That was the one I was trying to think of. It blo- I mean, it blows my mind. I mean, that yeah. was. I mean, you know, that was just like a rite of passage growing up. That's what you yep. want to learn how to do. I, rem- I remember learning how to drive my first straight drive car. I was 16. Mm-hmm. And how I learned is I bought it, and I said, I'm driving it home. I, I learned to drive in a straight drive. Uh, it was a three-speed on the column, an old 54 Chevrolet truck. Uh, I, but, but, and then when automatics come around later. But I probably went through my first five or six years of driving in a straight drive car, didn't have an automatic. But you, know, you gotta remember, I'm a. Oh, that was 1975. A straight drive <laughs> is one thing. Can you imagine sticking any kid today in a three on a tree truck? Fly oh, shifting going down the road. <laughs> they ain't no way should they? They'd never figure that out. <laughs> or you'd be like my '56 Chevy truck I had, and the starter buttons in the floor. They'd yep. never get that one. They ain't gonna ever understand that one. Would they? <laughs> no, they wouldn't get that. Most of them don't even know the whole thing with the high low beams. That's that's what we're trying to preserve here. Is we're trying to let people know that they were a simpler time in racing, and you know, and we're just. I tell everybody, I said we're trying to take people back in time. And, and here's this is funny. I'm quite about this. Everybody, a lot of these people want to do this rat rod stuff, and they want to they want to join the gasser group, and they want to have this 1965 Falcon with a rust hole in the side of it. I don't let them. I said, no, 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 no. What do you mean? Shaking parts off it going down the track. Yeah, but I said, think about it. We're trying to take the people back to 1967. A 1965 Falcon couldn't have got rusty in two years. <laughs> well, That's why you notice none of our names are looking back or none of that kind of stuff. We, I want my rules. We have rules on that stuff. That you, you have to have a name that would have been presentable in the '60s. You wouldn't have said uh, looking back in 1960. Because people's building these gassers and they're saying, you know, looking back to 1960. No, we're not looking back to 1960. We're trying to be in 1960. We don't want barn fine cars. We want the cars like Gene Cromer's car. We restored it back to the way it was in 1965, not the way it was when we pulled it out of the barn. Because well, it wouldn't represent the 60s then. You know, a lot of guys have totally missed the point. It tickles me sometimes. I love how they talk about a traditional hot rod, but it's got an HEI distributor in it exactly, or something like that. Exactly. You know, I mean, like set a set of points. They wouldn't know anything about that. But they they want to be a part of the craze, we'll call it. But exactly. they don't want to. They don't want to go to the trouble to do it the way it really was done. I was I was it's joking just, with a guy about it at a show about that actually. You know, and he, you should have seen him. He was just like Potsy from Happy Days. Mm-hmm. He had the cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve. He had the whole yeah. look. Oh yeah, it's just like it's just like the Harley craze that come through ten or fifteen years ago. You had doctors and lawyers trying to dress up like the Hell's Angels. <laughs> they but, still do. And they still yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, you could see right through it. Oh, yeah. You could see right through it. It's like this guy, he, shit, he can't <laughs> <he'd> run <laughs> from his shadow. But, but, He's that, out here trying to act badass on his Harley. Well, <laughs> but you have the same thing with these guys here. And he pulls yeah. up in his, he pulls up in his 63, you know, Chevy 2, four-door with red steel wheels and primer and black primer. 
you know, don't don't come at me like the Fonz. You know, I exactly, mean, I may exactly. I may not dress like the Fonz, but I know I was doing this stuff way before it was cool. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's exactly you, right. You was dressing like Justin Bieber two years ago, buddy. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's but, right. And you know, talking about the kids, I always joked about this. When I told my wife, I said, when we decide to have children one day and they grow up, they're not even going to know what it means to roll up a window. Exactly. Well, well, mine will, but mm-hmm. but for the majority, kids aren't going to know what it is to reach over and have to crank up a window. And if they did know, they'd be an outcast. That's what's yeah. sad. They're yeah. looked down upon for being old school, and and that's not going to get any better. No. Uh, you know, I, I look at myself, I don't know how to cure a ham. Yeah. You know, because my mom and dad always did it for me. Now, so I look back at the things I wish I had learned and I didn't. You know, I don't know how to can beans. I don't know how to do none of that stuff at my mom. I used to take all that for granted. I tell you what, them people at Bushes do a hell of a job of it, Queen. I'll be That's honest exactly with you. That's exactly right. That's what I mean. You both, we go take that can opener and we got a can of beans. I'm telling you, we can make it happen. Yeah, but but we're we're losing all that, and and it's so sad that we're losing all that. Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. I won't say technology, but that's not it. But, you know, if, if, with modern if, if, conveniences. If, right. Here's, here's something I said about 10 years ago. If the power was to go out in the United States, mm-hmm. we would, every one of us, starve to death. <laughs> You're right. And I'm right there with them. I would be, I mean, I'd probably figure out something, but we don't know how to preserve food. We don't know how to do none of that stuff. Everything's done for us. And we're, I guess we're off the subject, but we're really not, because that's exactly what I'm trying to do is bring back a time when people were different. People were different. And, they, I, and I'll tell you something else that's different about the Southeast Gasters, and we talked about this on the commercial break, but this is right here. Like I said, this is a spectator-friendly sport. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's all about sponsors. Don't get me wrong. It takes oh, a yeah. lot of money oh, yeah. to run a drag mm-hmm. car, and I totally understand that. And there's great advertisement opportunities there. I understand that part. Right. But I think it's really gone overboard in a lot of ways. Yeah. These cars have personalities. The The driver's a star. The car's a star. Yep. I mean, and just like you're talking about your names, you know, the Grand Illusion, the Bad Penny, mm-hmm. you know, all these cool names on these cars. These cars have personalities. Just like we were talking about the monster truck guys. These guys are marketing exactly. geniuses. Yep. Because everybody knows that Grave Digger monster truck or the Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You're, I mean, that's the same vibe with this gasser class like this you guys are running. Well, you, you ain't going to believe this, but I have turned down two pretty good-sized sponsors in the last six years because they wouldn't let me change their logo. To the traditional logo. That's right. I'm not going to tell my guys they got to run these wheels from the 60s. They got to have paint jobs from the 60s. Got to be lettered from the 60s. Got to have gauges from the 60s. Then I'm going to slap a big such and such dot com across the front fender. Right. You know, and everybody's like, "You're insane." I said, "No, I'm not. No, you're I'm, not. I'm, I'm, no, it's going to work. It's going to come my way. And when it does, that's when I get to hold my head. It's already going. It's all. We're turning the corner now." And we've had a rough road, and I don't make no bones about it. I've lost a lot of money doing this. But you know what? It's an investment, and it's going to come back because and, – and me being that, because if I'd have took that sponsor, it would have ruined what we're our mission. Our mission couldn't have been complete by having a 1960s car with a 2017 logo plastered down the side of it. Well, you know – 
it, you compromise for that, then what's the next compromise you're willing exactly. to make? And what's the That's next right. one? And then pretty soon, the Southeast Gasters will be no different than the next organization. Then exactly. It'll be all like the rest of them. I told somebody the other day, I said, there's 35 other gasser groups in the United States. We're the only one that even requires gasoline. That's you know, insane. And, that's sad, is what that is. Yeah, yeah, because that's where the gasser name came from. That's yeah. what they. That's why they were called gassers. <laughs> that I, that just blows my mind. But you, you know why they do that? Because it's easier. Alcohol's easy to run. We could way way better off. We and plus they run faster on alcohol. Well, some but, of them cars. I don't know if I'd want to go faster in or not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mine's <laughs> faster than I want to go, especially for when we run quarter mile. <laughs> oh my. I tell you what, I mean, it's the whole thing. I don't think I'd get out of the electric chair and ride with yeah. you in a quarter mile on that wheel. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's like pushing a rope. <laughs> That's tricky. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. We're sitting here and we keep telling everybody what this is about and how cool it is and all that stuff. There ain't but one way to find out, and that's be at Shadyside Dragway, November 4th, because we're going to be there. And we got like 60, right now there's 61 or 62 cars pre-entered. Three classes, A, C, and D gas, and this is not, this is first man to finish line wins, racing, elimination style, that's another thing. We don't do this big test and tune, or we don't come in here and, and, and just go out and run our buddies at random, and we put, we're there for a race. It's like one of, the, I was telling uh, the other day, well, one of the guys I was interviewing I asked him about, what about these groups that just do this big test and tune? They just go out there and run each other at random. He said, that's like watching a ball game and nobody keeps it. Yeah, this is not an every child gets a trophy program here. <laughs> you become a spectator when you lose. You become lose a here. spectator when you lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, Unless you're too mad to spectate, and then you go home. Then you need to go on home. But see, and that's the thing that's great about this. And like I said, and we're really going to push this. This is what made, this is where drag racing got its start. I mean, this is where it started. I mean, this is something that started in 1950, before the NHRA really even yep. technically got to start. Gassers were around. Yeah, you know, uh, Rob, it's been said many, many times, and Ohio George Montgomery is one of the ones that said it, that this was the start of ProMod. Oh, yeah. This was the start of ProMod. Motor Trend Magazine just did a video on us, uh, a match race, and they kind of they they started out the video showing the old gassers and how they come about and how they evolved and then they went into our cars and uh i don't know if you've seen it or not but it got a hundred thousand views on youtube in less than 24 hours that's awesome yep <laughs> it, that's it awesome just an awesome video and motor trend did it motor trend did it they paid us to do it uh that's the kind of response we're getting, and I know you've seen the magazine. We're in Hot Rod Magazine right now. Go to the newsstand today and pick up the Hot Rod Magazine. There's three pages on the Southeast Gassers. I love it. I'll uh, tell you what, Quain, we got to wrap this up for today. Right, let's go with it. Hey, brother, I'll tell you what. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Quain. Tell us all about the Southeast Gassers, and we'll definitely, definitely need to be at Shadyside November 4th. That's Saturday, guys, for real nostalgia gasser drag racing with the Southeast Gassers. Quain, thank you so much for talking with us. Hey, thank you guys, and I really appreciate your support and what you've done for us because y'all are part of the reason we've made it. Hey, appreciate brother. it. Hey, I tell you what, we'd love to have you back on next year when you guys get started back next season. You just let me know. Sounds like a plan, buddy. You take care. Thank, thank you. Thank See you. guys. Bye. All right, guys, you've been listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Odd Rod. What's happening, dude? Now, we are talking about muscle cars. 
Yeah, you know what? I, fi- I figured we'd kick it with the old school theme of today and, you know, keep it stepping back in time. But I'm going to step up uh, a little bit newer, you know, in the 70s, you know, muscle car, or maybe 60s a little bit. So let me ask you this. What is the first thing that pops in your mind, or rather the first car, when someone says muscle cars? Chevelles. Right. GTOs. Right. Cudas, Chargers. Satellites. Cuda well, was that's a uh, yeah. that that's that's kind of a pony car. Mm. Yeah, well, they qualify. Mustangs, Quintas, uh, but anyhow, anyhow, that's a millennial muscle car. <laughs> you got a valid point there. Uh, what are uh, what about the oddball muscle cars? The muscle cars aren't really muscle cars. They are kind of muscle cars that just didn't quite make muscle cars, or maybe they, you know what, they just actually sucked at being a muscle car. Well, they just had a muscle car name. Now, you yeah, have a lot yeah. of those. Yeah, like, uh, you know what? We're going to call this Berlinetta Camaro, but Or really. my favorite thing was, remember when they had the Geo Novas? Yeah, The Chevrolet Nova in 87 that came out. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, that or, was worse. That was worse than the Ugly Nose Novas they came out with, the 73 through 77. Or like my wife's first car, 93 Plymouth Sundance Duster. Oh, oh yes. yes. Yeah, that's bad for business. Yes, that's, uh, there's nothing Duster about that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I've seen a dust buster that was sexier than that. <laughs> was <laughs> and sucked less. And sucked less. All right, so uh, why don't we just uh, do a list of the top twelve worst or slowest muscle cars ever made? You have compiled a list. I've compiled a list, and I'm gonna start off with number one. Number one, I actually kind of like the looks of it, and I kind of like the rarity of it. And that's why it's at number one, because it's not as horrible as the rest of these. What is this? The 74 Pontiac GTO. Because you're a corporation man. The man drive you own a 76, okay, I, I'm not, a 77 Oldsmobile Delta 88. I'm not a corporation man. I just happen to like that car. But, all right, so if you're not familiar, the 74 Pontiac GTO. You is, slit your wrist. You bleed corporation blue. Oh, God. No. No, not at all. I don't want to hear it. I got LS running. You my get that yeah. special feel in Oldsmobile. <laughs> That's, I know you. No. No, no, sir. I'm about like Hal Needham. I don't think that 6'6 worth of junk. I'm going to get me a small block and throw in there. I will tell you something. You need something. <laughs> Wake it up. But uh, the the Pontiac GTO in 74 was actually, it was a up-badge version of the Pontiac Ventura, which I've always liked those cars, too. But this is no different than, like you just said, the Ugly Nose Novas. This is all this is, with a different front-end grill to it. I think the taillights were slightly different to it. They were. And then, of course, the trim package to it. Um, it had GTO stickers on it. It had GTO stickers to it. You're exactly right. But most most people consider the 74 GTO a pathetic attempt at recapturing the former glory of the GTO. <laughs> let it go. Yeah, let it die. They produced just 7,000 cars before the GTO quietly left the scene. Today, today, the last year GTOs generate some attention simply because they're the last of the breed. But still, everybody agrees that the 74 Ventura GTO was terrible, ugly, and a slow muscle car with a famous name. Pretty much. So it's like, okay, muscle cars dying, the GTO's going out. So you know what? Let's go ahead and stab this one and make sure she don't revitalize. Let's sell a few more of them Venturas. Now, I think in the early 2000s when they revitalized the GTO, they did a good job with well, holding it, on board, of course. Was, I mean, it's, I think they could have done a little better. It did. It kind of looked like a Pontiac Grand Am. I'm not going to lie. It, it looked Grand Prix-ish. Yeah, Grand Prix. Um, but, yeah. But they're still they're a powerful car. They are a very powerful car. All right, so here's the worst one. 
Next, coming in our number two spot is the 78 or 79 Oldsmobile 442. You know these cars. They're ugly as sin. They are ugly. It's like a hatchback pregnant squared off whale. With the Oldsmobile front end. It looks like a cutlass nose on, yeah, on a Chevette. It looks like a hatchback version of your Oldsmobile. Yeah. Back in the late 60s, the Oldsmobile 444 was a... The 444? Yeah, the 444. Sure. The new Oldsmobile you never heard of. Exactly. The Oldsmobile 442 was a name synonymous with horsepower, styling, and just badassness, if you will. And these cars were great. 400 cubic inch engine, four barrel carburetor, and dual exhaust. For those who don't know what the 442 stand for. These cars are legendary muscle cars. And then again, you know, the uh, muscle car era died out. And, and so did these things. These things are absolutely terrible. What does is, what is 442 stand for those? Uh, four. Uh, four wheels. Four wheels. Maybe a four-speed transmission. Four, no, four seats. Yeah, four seats and um, two, two doors. Yeah, two doors. Two, yeah, two. No, no, it was, was, no, it was four doors. Four doors. No, it's two doors. Four wheels, yeah. Four wheels, yeah. Four wheels, four seats. Two doors. <laughs> yeah, tragically, they offered the 442 option on a V6 and a 305 V8 model with four-barrel carburetors. The max power was 160 horsepower for 1970 and 170 horsepower for 79. This is about a third of what a true 442 would generate back in the day. Another shocking fact for the 442 option was the available hatchback style, which was absurd. Fortunately, in the 80s, the 442 returned with a serious performance machine. However, the 78 and 79 were the lowest points they in They called the ones in the 80s a serious performance machine. They had a 307 and a yeah, G-body. You know what? I don't agree with that either. But it was an attractive car. It was car. an attractive car. The G-bodies were beautiful cars. They're gorgeous cars. Any G-body. Buicks, Monte Carlos, Cutlasses. But, and the 442s Radles. are, yeah, the 442s and the Hearst. And the Herstals. The they Herstals. were gorgeous cars. Those 83 through 87. Yeah, they're not they're not huge strike back at power by no means. No. You're talking about a step up to what, 185 maybe? maybe? 195 knocking for the fences. They're not that great if of a power car. A They'll spin a tire. Barely. Yeah. One. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, weekly. One 15-inch white letter Goodyear. 14-inch, sir. 14s on those. Ooh. Yeah, 14 inch rallies. I know because there's a set of my <laughs> on my Oldsmobile right now. So sad. But yeah, I mean, they're 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 lackluster to say the least. Oh, my mom actually had one of those brand new, and I remember it. The what the uh, a G- black a black four four two in the eighties in the eighties. Okay, so she didn't have one of the ugly ones. No, she didn't have an ugly one. She had a cool. One. My mom had a T top four four two. I had the cool mom. All right, so this one I'm probably with Aquanet hair. <laughs> oh God! This next one, I'm probably gonna hurt some feelings a little bit on, but I have to do it. It's a terrible car. I mean, looking back at it now, it's kind of, it's kind of like any of these. They're all collectible because they're so rare because no one want them. And this one's right up there in that list. How about a '78 or any of your late '70s Ford Mustang II King Cobras? Oh. Right, with the front fairings on them and everything. Those things are hideous. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. I, I tell you a funny story. 
It's so funny. The people that bought these cars were so passionate about Mustangs. Oh, God, yeah. Now, keep in mind, you're coming off that 65 through 73 Mustang. Going to 60 seconds was rope because of how crappy those Mustangs were. Yeah. They stole a 73 Mustang because it was the last of the real Mustangs. You're right. Now, this is the thing. By the way, let me like explain this little dis- disclaimer here. This is not the Nicholas Cage, Eleanor, no, Gone this is in the 60 original. Seconds. This is the real one. Yeah, this is the real one. When Eleanor Eleanor was yellow and ugly. Yeah, like a school bus. Yeah. But the thing that was crazy about it was these people are so passionate about these cars, though. Like, they got the crappiest Mustang ever made, but they were connoisseurs of these cars. I will never forget. There's a guy that lived across the street from my grandmother. He had a 74 that he bought brand new, white V6. Personalized plate, seven four tang, <laughs> and we paint or we didn't paint it, but it was painted in tech, like Greenville Tech in the body shop. That was like the most horrid car ever. And then they and had a Trans Am bird on the hood of them, some of them. Oh well, no, that was the, the King Cobra one. Yeah, yeah, those things. Are- they, all right, so you got a Mustang <clears throat> horse, um, King Cobra snake, which. Yeah, don't change much because we had a fox body, but then, then you throw a uh, screaming chicken on the hood of it. A chicken on the hood of a. Yeah, mustang? they had the bird on there, didn't they? No, they didn't have a bird. What's the bird? A bird. That's that's a firebird. No, they had a bird on the hood of those king cobras, or was that supposed to be a cobra? Uh, that, it looked that, like it looked uh, like a fiery chicken. I, I think I think that's supposed to be a snake. Uh, well, whoever designed that did a terrible job. <laughs> they they were watching Smokey and the Bandit one too many times while designing that one. Well, you know what I'm saying. They were trying to get a hold of some of that Trans Am money. <laughs> but no, the 74 through 78 Mustangs, especially the 78, they and they're were. actually extremely collectible now because oh, the yeah. cars got crushed and used for the front ends. <laughs> yeah. You know, drag cars and dirt track cars and all kinds of cool and stuff. And early street rods. Yeah. But these things, they were available also with the four-cylinder. The first uh, years of the Mustang four-cylinder was available. Nothing screams muscle car like four-cylinders. Well, now you got the EcoBoost fours in them, though. They, those things are actually making power. Yeah. Yeah, when you're EcoBoost, these things were making 140 horsepower, buddy. Yeah. I mean, now you got the EcoBoost twin no, no, turbos. No. All right, let me, let me rephrase that. Not the four-cylinders. The 5.0 that was offered in 78 in the King Cobra was making 140 horsepower. Oh, yeah. They were sick. Yeah. They were 140 pitiful. horsepower. i tell you what else is sad is we got to stop this right now for some commercials. That's good. Maybe, you know. Maybe this list will <laughs> Kill get better. this show like we killed this Mustang. That's right, guys. Stay tuned. We're talking about the worst muscle cars of all time here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, we'll make the Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts, and I'm talking to Odd Rod about a depressing subject, the world's worst muscle cars. About some Odd Rods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Odd Rod's talking about Odd Cars. All right, coming to our number four spot, guys, we're going to pick up right where we left off, the 1976 to 1980 Plymouth Volare Roadrunner. Okay. <laughs> the Volare has about as much sex appeal as a turnip. <laughs> You're giving it too much credit. Calm down. Turnips everywhere are offended. It's a twin to the Dodge Aspen, if that helps. No. No? That's bad. Well, it was rear-wheel drive, so that's cool. Yeah, with a 318, and it was pitiful. <laughs> pitiful. Well, well they consider the 318 the big motor. It, that's bad. It did give a little bit more than the previous Mustang. It gave 160 horsepower, though, so, I mean, <sighs> there's something. Yeah. Yeah. 
full body kit, window louvers, spores, spoilers, and a graphics package, and sporty wheels. And sporty styled steel 14-inch <laughs> wheels. And some versions even featured a T-top. So, I mean, how cool was that? I'm telling you, it's nice. That way you could jump out of that thing going down the road. You know, later on, though, like toward the end of the production, toward 80, Plymouth did introduce the 360 and them giving 175 horsepower. So, hey, now. You know, we're getting to the grocery store pretty quick now. Sad. <laughs> Production on these beautiful tragedies ended in 1980 after four years on the market. And so the numbers are limited. And I think you mentioned while we're on break, actually, you've seen one rolling around Greenville. There's actually a customized one. The guys did a wonderful job. It's lowered down on Boss 338s. And I mean, it's actually a really neat car. Well, you know, I mean, and that's the cool thing about these cars is what I said before, they're actually starting to hit collector point because there's so few of them. They didn't sell well. They got crushed. They got used up. They got left for dead. Today, Valeri Collectors, you know, as a car collector, since it looks cool, and it does, it has a cool look to it, um, and but it's got very interesting history, um, you know, but most classic car collectors are going to look at the Roadrunner name and shudder when they look at this thing, because it is nowhere near what a Roadrunner is. No. I mean, it, this is a tragic piece of Roadrunner. No, that's horrible. <laughs> it looks like something the Roadrunner might have squeezed out. All right, coming in at number five, I have to include this on the list because they did attempt to make a muscle car. Now, mind you, this is the coolest of this lineup, but muscle car is a little lackluster. And this is the 1978 AMC Gremlin GT. This oh. is a cool Gremlin, but not a cool muscle car. No, yeah, being a cool Gremlin. Yeah, that's not hard to do. For one. I mean, you're not stepping out of the way that much. It is, you guys all know what an AMC Gremlin is, you know, a, a Pacer with less windows. Well, I mean, it's totally different now than a Pacer. It is. But slam a V8 under the hood and this little thing will move. Oh, yeah, I got a 304 V8 in those things. And I mean, it's cool. Power to weight ratio is there. This is the thing. It's just a horrible looking car. Well, the funny thing is, this is a cool thing. This is AMC's little joke, and, and this was great. The American Motor Company actually introduced the Gremlin on April 1st, 1970, being April Fool's Day. Everybody thought this was actually a joke. That's bad. And probably should have just been left as a joke. But they crammed a 304 V8 under the hood. Now, this is where it's bad. Yes, this car would move. Back in back in 78, if you had one of these things, this thing would absolutely move down the road. But it did that with a V8 only producing 120 horsepower. That's insane. That's sad. To me, that's like a car that has been ran for 20 years and is barely hanging on. It's producing 120 horsepower. This one came from the factory. <laughs> Wore out. But, I mean, honestly, a set of head and cams, set of heads on this thing and a nice cam, bigger carburetor, you'd wake her on up. And well, you, keep you, in you, mind, this was, what, 1978? I mean, you, you didn't have aftermarket cylinder heads, really. Yeah. I mean, you could put a cam in a 304. Yeah. I mean, they were just down on compression. I mean, you could do some machine work on it, but this is just a bad time in general. Well, AMC, they realized the performance was painfully slow, even in a wannabe muscle car. AMC installed a 4.2 liter inline six engine. It didn't produce much more power, but it created more torque and enough for improvement. Even more torque and heavy discounts didn't help them. The production was low, and around 3,000 of these cars were ever made. They discontinued the GT option for the 78 model year. So, 77 to 78 was it for these. 
Didn't take them long to figure out that was a mess up. <laughs> no so, joke. Right, so move on to the next one. All right, moving on to our number six spot. This is a car that every automaker of the, of the big three has produced, and they all look the same with a few different little angles to them, but it's a four-eyed mini car, and this one happens to be Chevrolet's 1977 Monza Mirage. It looks just like the Dodge, what, Omni GT, or Omni... Well, I mean, no. They, they, the look, Monza's... Like, they look like a Fox Body Mustang. Yeah, uh, no, they don't look like a Fox Body. It looks oh, like yeah. a Dodge Daytona a lot to me. Yeah, which looks like him. Sorry, name. Richard. Sorry, yes, yeah, everybody. But, but they made popular drag cars. They did. They did. Actually, if you watch the TV show Roadkill, they threw some leaf blowers in one and produced some numbers. But these were, I mean, I'll give you, these cars were pretty cool. They slammed a V8 in them. They made decent enough power to spin tires. It had 305 in it that is 145 horsepower. Which I is, have never seen a fast three hundred five. Well, they they run. <laughs> they yeah they do run. They do run, but you could spend a tire in this little compact whatever you want to call it. But I mean, they only made four thousand of these though. They're the Mirages. They made a lot more Mirages in but, general. Yeah, but they've only made four thousand of the Mirages, which is the one that got the three hundred five and all that. I mean, you know, white body, special wheels, front and rear spoilers. The paint scheme was patriotic with red, white, and blue stripes all over the body. But Chevrolet Chevrolet realized uh, there was still a market for sporty versions of the Monza, so they decided to introduce the Monza Spider in 78. Now, this is the cool one. It's, it's a little more. This is the one they actually used on Roadkill as a Spider. Had a little cooler look to it. Uh, but. I mean, like you saying cool Monza is like saying. Cool Star Wars. No, Star Wars is cool. Let's 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 not go down that rabbit trail though. Oh Lord. I can argue that one for a while. Calm down, Luke. But you know, 145 horsepower in a compact muscle car, if you want to call it that, to me just isn't enough to share that number. I don't want my muscle compacted. No, no. So <laughs> this one they appropriately named it for what you should get for driving it. The Chevrolet Citation X-11. These things are hideous. Oh, they're... This is like a stretch... This is a limo Chevette is what this is. It is. It's a fancy Chevette. And why this made a muscle car list, I have no idea. It came with a 2.8 liter V6, and we all know they suck, with a staggering 135 horsepower, which is sad because that's almost as much as the 305 V8. So we need to have an argument of which worse, which is worse, the 2.8 liter V6 Chevy made or the 305. The I would Chevy take made. a 305. I think I but would too. Still, but we're gonna move on because that car is just too hideous. I can't even talk no, about that. I don't that. even want to talk about it. So let's move to our number eight spot, the 1980 Mercury Capri RS. This is another one that looks like the Monza. It's a little more squared off. It's a Fox Body Mustang. It is, but it featured a 2.3. And my buddy Johnny Dinamore made a really cool car. And he did. He did. Johnny, Johnny has the prettiest Capri you'll ever see. The Capri. But the Mercury introduced the RS model and it featured a 2.3 liter turbocharged engine with a mind-bending 135 horsepower. Now, keep in mind, though, that 2.3 turbo setup was also the fine-tuned setup that was in the T-Birds. Yeah. And in the SVO Mustang. Yeah, don't remind me. Don't remind me of how bad it was. So moving no, on actually, to our, they were good in those years. Yeah, uh, yeah. Moving on to our number nine spot, the 1982 Chevy Camaro Iron Duke. Oh, those were hideous. 
They were hideous. They were silver. And they had a 2.3-liter four-cylinder producing 90 horsepower. That's insane. A four... That'd be a cool car to find now. That I mean, you know, just the rarity of a four-cylinder and IROC. candidate when it was new. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Moving on to the number 10 spot, the 76 through 77 Dodge Charger Daytona. Another muscle car they just flat out ruined its predecessor. Oh, yeah. Killed just, it. I mean, absolutely destroyed. Mopar playing the name game. All right, guys. Well, I got two left, and I'll tell you what. I'm going to post them up online because we're out of time for this week's show. I'm going to post the last two, the number 11 and 12th spot up online, so you're just going to have to go there and check it out. Oh, Lord. I can't <laughs> wait to see this. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I'm Odd Rod. To my left, Rob Pitts. We're out for the week. You're out for two weeks. That's right. Maybe I'll, I'll, be, I'll be calling in. Maybe I'll get a phone call from you. All right, guys. You've been listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.